My favorite is my grandmother's. Not, not, um, uh, I shall not be moved. But she had a song she used to sing every Sunday. Every Sunday the Lord brought. Mama would sit in the mother of the church pew yes. and the preacher would say, and and now <laughs> we will be privileged with a song from Sister Henderson. And every Sunday for 10 years, my grandmother would say, me? Yeah. <laughs> knowing it was coming. Knowing, knowing. <laughs> and I used to sit in the children's pew and think, Mama, get up yeah, and do sing. It. Know Everybody knows. Do it. They even know what you're going to sing. <laughs> She'd take five minutes looking all around. The kids would be giggling. Your grandma doing it again. Yeah. Oh, terrible. <laughs> like this is the first Just time. Horrible. But then she'd stand yeah. and she'd sing. And her song was, <sighs> I am a poor pilgrim of sorrow. I'm lost in this wide world alone. Sing it, sister. <laughs> I'm not here to sing songs, and I can't sing either. Yes, you can. There was also the dark side to Maya Angelou's childhood in the rural, racially divided South. It would become the grist for her breakthrough novel. In 1982, my colleague and friend Bill Moyers went back with her to Stamps, Arkansas. The black part of Stamps started right there at that bridge. Where that fellow's fishing? Yes, well, there and behind us. At the at the uh, railroad track, this was more or less no man's land here, it seemed. Because if you were black, you never felt really safe when you simply crossed the railroad tracks. You still had to go all this way. It's like an international tarmac <laughs> where anybody could get you. You were really in the black part of town when you crossed that little bridge and the pond. Then you were safe. Then, if you didn't know everybody, at least everybody knew who you were, you know. And as a child, it was a chance to, uh, to have some protection. And I used to have to walk over here. Oh, gosh, I hated it. I had no protection at all over there. I had an idea of protection on this side. I had my grandmother on this side. I had the church, my uncle, and all my people were on this side. So I had an idea of protection. But there I would be all alone. And I loathed it, crossing those railroad tracks. Bill, I tell you, to show you how much things don't change, I'm not even going to cross it with you now. I don't really, I really don't, I'm not doing this for any reason other than I really do not want to go across that. I really don't. I understand. So what are you thinking right now? You stay on my side. We'll both be safe. <laughs>
It was the challenges of her childhood, not only segregation and Jim Crow, but also incidents of sexual abuse that would fuel her fires of creativity. After she named her abuser and he was killed by a mob, she went mute for five years. This is a letter to myself when I was about 15. Dear me, myself then. First, I know that you know how to listen. When I was eight years old, I became a mute and was a mute until I was 13. And I thought of my whole body as an ear so I could go into a crowd and sit still and absorb all sound. That talent or ability has lasted and served me until today. Once you appreciate one of your, one of your blessings, one of your senses, the sense of hearing, then you begin to respect the sense of seeing and touching.